Bryce Harper makes his return to Washington, D.C., but it's not in a Nats uniform. Nats-Phillies, two-game miniseries, how'd that go? Nick Bosa, Rashawn Gary, and Josh Jacobs. What do they all have in common? The NFL Draft. And what does it take to be a championship contender in the NFL? All that and more coming up on the Average Sports Guys podcast. You're listening to the Average Sports Guys podcast with Eddie and Marcus. What's up, everybody? We are back. We are back. Episode three. Yo, yo. We are the Average Sports Guys. I'm Eddie. This is Marcus. And you know what it is. What's good? Hey, so we, well, Marcus is going to just talk about something that we find really important. Uh, It's local youth sports. Yeah. As you guys know, I'm a teacher and, you know, we're always supporting, you know, youth sports and, you know, especially in Anne Arundel County. That's where, you know, we're podcasting out of essentially and there's a little bit of a conundrum at northeast high school you know that they have a very nice track team but unfortunately bro they gotta share uniforms yeah that's gross yeah we don't want that to happen so actually what we did was we set up a link um on our website and they need to raise about six thousand dollars to get new uniforms and um, we would appreciate if everybody, you know, if you could donate because, you know, these are really good kids, you know, they're driven, you know, but you can't really share uniforms. That's, that shouldn't be a thing. And I feel like everybody in that situation should feel a part of a team. Right. You know what I mean? Because that, you know, that's a big piece of, you know, being a team is actually wearing that uniform and, and feeling like, you know, an eagle and, you know, going out and competing. So you definitely got to support. So I need everybody to check out our website, you know, hit us up on our social media sites, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter and, you know, uh, check out that link and definitely support, donate something and hopefully we can raise a little bit of money for these Northeast Eagles to do well and, you know, get new uniforms. Yeah, you know, it's all about the student athlete. I know I played all the sports when I was in high school. And, yes, sir. And it is something about having something that that's yours, your your uniform. Right. You know, uh, so it's for a really good cause. I mean, these kids could be out doing other stuff, but right. you know they're they're spending their time after school weekends for practice, track meets, one hundred percent other fundraisers. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, again, it's important to Marcus and I. Uh, Absolutely, we, we believe in it. We have a family friend that's on the on the track team, so it's not you know anything we're getting kickbacks for or anything. It's just again, it's it's something we believe in. Yes, and, sir. And just, yeah, just go to our website and find the link and and just get to it. Absolutely. All right. So, Marcus, man, what's been going on uh, essentially since the last time we... Man, look, uh, as you know, um, the first thing that popped in my head is, you know, this Avengers Endgame movie that's coming out. and We got tickets for You know what I mean? So, uh, it's me, you, you know, your wife and a couple of friends, and we're going to go check this movie out. But, bro, I was approached today and 
Guess what was told me about these tickets? What's up? People are selling these tickets for about 500 bucks a piece for the opening weekend. What? You know, what's funny is so. That's crazy. Yeah. So our oldest son, um, Brian, he was saying, I, I think he was going to go with his uh, Boy Scout troop yeah. and or like some other friends. And they were looking for tickets the other day. And they couldn't get them. And they were sold out. And he was Done. like, man, they're all sold out. Da, 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 da. And I was like, what are you talking about? I said, Marcus and I got ours. He was like, well, how'd you get ours? I was like, I don't know. I said, like, Marcus, just te- text I got that me. connect, son. Yeah. I was like, Marcus, <laughs> text me. I was like, but we're also going to the one that's butt early. It's like right. 945. 9.40 fizzle. Yeah, so. Um, but yeah, no, I'm excited about that movie. Absolutely, definitely. Um, there's that. And then, you know, something that's, you know, really been bugging me just throughout, you know, my teaching career and with kids is that, you know, we got to teach kids to you know, really start using that golden rule. And this, this cyber bullying thing is getting a little out of hand. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, we really got to start, you know, especially as parents and as adults in these children's lives, because I'm a big believer in the fact that it takes a village to raise a child, that what you say matters. And if you're putting it on the internet, it's there forever. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they totally grasp the concept of, you know, social media and even being on the phone and on the internet and what you post actually stays there forever. And it actually hurts people. So, you know, we've really got to focus more on, you know, talking to the kids in our community about, you know, being safe on these phones and on the Internet because, you know, we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. And a lot of that stuff can come back to bite you later on, especially, you know, since we're a sports podcast, these sports athletes, you know, they're saying anything and everything, you know, when they're in high school and then they get a contract their first year and, and then halfway through the season. Right, right. And it comes right back to bite yeah, them. It gets brought up. It yeah. gets brought up. So, <laughs> you know, that's that's something I definitely, you know, that that happened, you know, a situation close to, you know close to me and then in my school that we definitely got to work on as a community. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, well, the importance with that is you get a lot of these kids anyway mm-hmm. that the maturity factor. Oh, there you, you know, go. As far as not really knowing or understanding yes, sir. the the far-reaching effects of, you know, the cyberbullying and mm-hmm. you know all that stuff and I mean, we hear about it I don't want to say all the time, but we hear about it more than we should as far as, yes, you know, the bullying. And then it's like, oh, just go hurt yourself or this or that. And mm-hmm. and these kids are, you know, hurt themselves or worse, you know. Right. So, yeah, it's it, that stuff has to stop. And while we all say, yeah, it starts in the school mm-hmm. and those types of things, I think it also starts at home. Yes. And the parents need to start by doing that because I know for our son, mm-hmm. you know, we don't play. Oh, that I know game. for a fact. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. We we get all up in his phone mm-hmm. should should we feel we need to. And he fully understands that. Right. Because uh, it's about being safe. Right. But you get a lot of parents and I mean, I know some and I hear about it too that feel like oh well you know my child needs their privacy and this no hold up you'd have bought that phone you'd have bought that you're paying a bill right <laughs> no kids don't need privacy <laughs> what bills are you putting in on right <laughs> yeah. right uh so yeah i mean yeah. i think that's good that you know you and your school you guys are addressing that mm-hmm. so that's 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 a good thing so what else been going on anything anything else um, not too much, you know, spring breaks around the corner, you oh, know, yeah. I'm real, I'm real excited about that. Cause I'll be heading to Panama city, Florida, 
you know, to hang out for a few days, you know. That's a grown-up spring break. Grown-up spring break, you know, <laughs> catch some rays with the wife. Um, that's pretty much it. But what about you? No, nothing too much. Just to speak on Panama City. So when I was in the Air Force, we used to go down to uh, Tyndall Air Force Base. Down oh, there nice. And mm-hmm. I remember one time we went down there. It was during spring break. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, th- that was the only time <laughs> we went down there. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it was a lot of shenanigans, man. Oh, uh, I bet. Yeah. So, no, but for me, so I recently uh, submitted my resignation, getting ready to start a new job. So I'm excited about that. New endeavor. Oh, yeah. Congrats. I mean, I'm definitely going to miss the people I work with. For Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, you work with these same people for, for a few years. Yes, sir. You know, you can't help but get close to to at least a few of them. So mm-hmm. it'll be it'll be sad to see them go, but I won't miss that long commute. I got, Bruh. Stuck, got stuck in that traffic yesterday. A big rig flipped over. Oh, gosh. And, you know, caught on fire. News. Yeah, caught on fire. So I sat there. Took me over three hours to get home. Jesus. Yeah, it was rough. Thank God. Well, from what I was reading, um, at least the driver was okay. Okay, I don't well, think that's it, a good thing. Yeah, I don't think any other cars or anybody else was uh, was involved. But no, other than that, nothing. Um, okay. We bought the little one some chickens. Yeah, so. you did. <laughs> well, she wanted them. So we went to uh, Tractor Supply Company mm-hmm. to, I don't even know what the heck we went there for. But ended up with chickens. Yeah. But that seems to be a common theme. Not, right. Not the chickens, but just going somewhere for something and coming out with everything else. Right. Um, that's that's like most stores. That's like Target, Walmart. Doesn't matter. You're going for one man, thing. You're coming out with six, seven different others. Let me tell you. So I was like, oh. So, you know, Chrissy was sitting there mm-hmm. listening to Gabriella get all excited about the, the chickens. And, uh-huh. and, and in my mind, I'm, I'm quiet because I'm like, okay, I could really go home without these chickens. Right. Um, <laughs> so so I was like, all right, well, I guess we're, we're, we're doing chickens. Running chickens. Yeah, because Chrissy's looking at me like, well, it should be easy, right? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I've never had a chicken. <laughs> right. Um, that, that wasn't like cooked. Yeah, so, right. So I was like, all right, whatever. Um, I was like, well, we have the space, you know, the backyard. We, right. we got more than enough space. So I was like, all right, whatever. But you're about to have super fresh eggs, though. Like, that's going to be a come up. Right. But but the <laughs> the funniest part was there was this guy who was standing. He had overheard us talking about these chickens and stuff. Mm-hmm. So he starts chiming in about, oh, they're relatively easy to take care of. They're this, they're that. And I'm thinking about my, if you don't shut up. Like, you ain't coming over here to take care of these chickens with us. Right. <laughs> Yeah, and then he's like, well, I have my own chickens. He's showing us pictures of his own chickens in his yard, and Gabrielle's getting all excited. Oh and this my and that. God. I said, in my mind, I said, man, you're not helping. <laughs> and so I'm like, I'm severely outnumbered because I'm going to look like the asshole who's like, you nah, know, man. I'm like, no, nah, we have no chickens. <laughs> you know? so, right. so, yeah, so we've had them for, well, I guess this weekend. Yeah, it'd be coming up on a week. Yes, sir. Um, so I would like to say I'm excited about that. Yeah. But I'm not not excited about it. I'm excited yeah. for her. Right. Because, you know, when we get in the car and we're driving home, she's like, this is the best weekend ever. ever. All right, cool. I mean, chickens were like $2. So I wasn't. <laughs> yeah. It, it wasn't a like, crazy expense right. like that. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't too bad. But the chickens. funniest thing was when the lady was picking them up. Like mm-hmm. Gabrielle's picking them I want that chicken, that chicken, that chicken. So she's putting them in a box. Bro. Uh-huh. Bro, it looked like an actual chicken dinner box. No. So, so that's why. I, Straight yeah. from KFC and Popeyes. Right. Yeah. So I told Chrissy, I said, I'm not crazy. I was like, that really looks like a chicken dinner. And then, Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. So I, 
it's like all we're missing is the biscuits. Oh, the biscuits. Right. No, but other than that, that's that's literally all it's been. This week has kind of gone by so slow. Super slow. But I did get a chance to, just like you did, check out the Nats-Phillies game. Bruh. Man. So, Harper obviously was with the Nationals, my beloved Nationals. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially signed with you guys for 330, 13, 13, 13 years. years. God. Yeah, so. That's a grip. So, I... I've said it before. I don't know if it was on on the podcast or not, but just in general, I'm not a booer. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, unless it's like the Cowboys, which we all agree on. We really don't. It's not really a boo thing, right? But to to the degree of of, or I was I should say the circumstances. You know, Harper was on our team, right? You know, Somebody moves so to much a different in the team. city. It's yeah. a respect thing, right? You right. know, he he meant a lot to us. You knew coming back, they were going to do the video tribute and all yes. that stuff. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so you know, I. I got home, turned on all the pregame stuff. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm watching, I'm listening. I heard his press conference a couple hours earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I'm looking at Twitter. You right. know, I'm, I'm seeing random, you know, DC fans like, oh, I'm a boom or right. no, I'm not going to boom. I mean, that man was here. You know, he grew up in this organization. Da, 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 da. So I look at it like this. Right. We drafted the kid, brought him up through this uh, farm system, brought him in. Boom. He hit the league, was a superstar. You know, he had some down years or, or yeah. moments due to injury, what have you. I right. mean, Players are going to have their ups and downs. But overall, I mean, he's meant a lot to the city, right. at least in my opinion. So I was like, okay, I was looking in. I'm going to watch a tribute. Yes, sir. You know, and if I was at the game, I'd stand up and, and, and cheer him. You know, 100%. But, man, when, as soon as that video board, boom, popped up and they started playing the highlights, I was shocked boom. at how many boars were there. That's now, crazy. And and when he first, you know, his first at bat, so I said, okay, whatever. First at bat, they're gonna give him the business, right? And after that, okay, whatever. Yeah. Um, then I thought to myself, no, you know, do it differently. He comes up to play, give him standing ovation, whatever. Again, he's meant so much to the city. We had the All Star game right. here last year. He yeah. won the All Star, uh, the home run derby. Yes, he did the whole night. So I'm like, all right, man, give him his just due, right. and then let's just roll with it. So. That didn't happen. I mean, they booed the they brakes booed off the him. Brakes off this man. <laughs> and the crazy part was, it's like it wasn't just the fans. Even whoever is in control of their Twitter handle, that first strikeout, these guys was like, "Okay, thank you, next." Yeah, yeah. and I'm like, some Ariana Grande, stuff. Ariana Grande stuff. So it was just like, yo, the last thing you want to do is to a slugger is mm-hmm. to troll. I mean, I obviously he didn't see the tweet, but you know, if you keep booing, you're egging him on. Right. So eventually, what happens? He goes up. Strikes out the first time, strikes out the second time. Who, who struck him out, Marcus? Your ace, Scherzer. Scherzer. Scherzer struck him out. And then he, after that, he got an RBI double mm-hmm. and then a single. And then Scherzer was mad because I think this was around like fifth, sixth inning. And then they pulled him because he's like, nah, man, let me go. Right. And then well, they. The dude's a dog. Dude is yeah. a. Hey, he's a pitcher. He's legit. And then they went ahead and pulled him. <coughs> and then after that. You know, game goes on, and then in the eighth inning, this dude jacks one over the fence. Yeah, Helixson was pitching, so he's he's our he's our fifth starter, but we had him out of the bullpen. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah, so I, it was something about when he came up. So the first, I mean, the beginning of the game, right? You know, you could see it. Just you know, the the cameras are on Harper. You uh-huh. can see it. it's like he was just in a different world. He was in his own. You know what I mean? And. It was probably all surreal for him. Yeah, because it's like I'm on a different team, but I'm I've played here forever. Right. Yeah. And so 
I, I, I said, okay, you know, he, he got himself a hit, got on base, you know, he settled down. Mm-hmm. He did that little stupid whatever wave at second base, and um, it, he was clearly trolling Nats fans. Oh, was totally trolling. And then that little whatever crap he was doing out in right field, I was like, whatever. So I was like, okay, so, and- so he's settling in. <laughs> yeah. It's fine, it's fine. So when he came up, I was just thinking to myself, I was like, man, I said, he's he's going to hit a bomb. And then, boom. <laughs> but here's the thing about the bomb, though. It, like, everybody knows this guy can crack. Like, this, guy, this dude is up. This dude, this dude, you know, he's legit. But the fact that he made that bat flip like an Olympic gymnast at the dugout, that was crazy. So disrespectful. So disrespectful. Like, like dog, I, I'm not going anywhere. Right. But what did I text you, though? I said, yeah. If, if you don't want that being done, strike his ass out. Strike him out. You got get him out. Get him out. That's what you got to do. <laughs> so yeah. So I mean, it was <laughs> it was fun. I mean, you guys you guys handed us that L, and then first game. Yep. And then we got even that mm-hmm. second game. Yeah. Um, Which was still a crazy game. Yeah. So that was um, that was a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, whatever. Yeah. I mean, we're gonna see you guys eight hundred million more times. And not only that, I honestly think you know, last my last point on baseball is that you know we'll probably end us end up seeing each other in the playoffs because they're both have legit you know rosters on both sides. Yeah. Bats and pitchers. Period. Yeah. yeah. I mean, your guys is. Uh whole batting lineup is disgusting yeah it's ridiculous so yeah Yeah. all right well so hey we are a football podcast yes we are so let's get on into that so we talked about you know in the beginning of the show you know a couple of guys you know gary bosa and josh jacobs um let's go ahead and start off with you know nick bosa this guy is you know 6'4 266 this dude has like defensive tackle like leg power Mm -hmm. but he's a linebacker this dude is a monster i don't know if you guys you know just sit and you know look at highlight tapes on youtube but please do for nick bosa this guy is a beast crazy hand strength you know and he's very smart he plays the ball you know not the player um he had very active hands um awesome guy this dude is just known for blowing stuff up. That's just what he does. Mm-hmm. Um, he also has great core strength. And, you know, but his only issue is he's not as agile as his brother. So he's very slow at changing direction. So if you have a running back or or somebody that has the juke moves on him, you're, you're probably going to beat him. But other than that, this dude is a solid pickup. And I got this guy going top five. Easy. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, I have him in the top 10 overall. Right. Uh, the thing I do like about him is 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 the speed oh yeah he's quickness yeah um he's lethal Mm -hmm. like working back in yeah towards the pocket yep uh he's definitely gonna win a lot more one-on-one matchups than than he's gonna lose oh absolutely which is great for the rest of your defense because Mm -hmm. i mean if if dudes getting beat off the edge they're gonna bring somebody whether Mm -hmm. it's running back extra tight end somebody try to double team them down Mm -hmm. um so if you have a, a a decent you know interior line right that's gonna help them you know push through um yeah obvious passing down situations i mean mm-hmm. he's just hand in dirt he's coming to get you 100 percent. he's gonna make almost any quarterback uncomfortable yep so last name says it all Bosa. oh yeah oh yeah so that'll be fun to watch yeah and 
I mean, again, I, I have him going top 10. You have him going in top five. Yeah. It's early. Draft is, well. You, we never three, know. Yeah, three weeks away. We don't, we, we don't know what teams' draft boards are like or, or anything like that. But whoever gets them, obviously, is. Immediate upgrade. Oh, yeah. Yep. Super solid. All right, next guy, Rashawn Gary, Michigan. This dude is 6'4", 277, runs a 4.58. Um, his strengths, this dude has like everything you want as far as measurables for a defensive line player. This dude is crazy off the edge. Um, he has good balance. Um, he has a good twitch. He's a great combination of speed and power and crazy lateral quickness. So if you want a good guy, uh, like a good defensive end that could definitely seal the edge, this is the guy that you want. But my biggest issue with this guy, because you know I'm a Michigan fan, Mm -hmm. is the fact that he always works to the outside. So if you study tape and, you know, if you're a football team, you study tape and you're looking at Rashawn Gary, you're thinking, well, all we had to do is run a delayed handoff, and there's going to be a huge hole off of his side. Mm-hmm. So he's got to really learn to work back on the inside. That's his biggest ne- his biggest weakness. But other than that, this dude is hellish off the edge. He's one of those guys, you de- if you need a defensive end, that's one of the top guys I'm looking at right now. Yeah. So one of the things that I find with him uh, and what I like to see in any athlete, not just pro or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know when I've coached and when I've been coached, like when I played, uh, is intensity. It's consistency. Right. It's that heart. Um, he does lack that at times. I agree. You can see it almost is like he's taking plays off. Yeah. So yeah. some some guys want it more than others. My mm-hmm. whole thing is if you're going to the league to just get a paycheck, I mean, good on you. You got the talent to get there. Yes, sir. But I want... I want dogs. I want winners. I want right. you know people that are going to give it to me. Right. You know, week in, week out, leave it all on the field, the whole nine. So that's just one thing that kind of uh, stood out to me. Now, I'll give you that. Uh, while he is agile, mm-hmm. I will say his his lateral mobility, mm-hmm. like getting upfield and trying to turn that corner, mm-hmm. he's he's a little slow there. Yeah. Um, that's true. I don't know if maybe dropping a little bit of weight. <laughs> Um, you never know. That could help out a lot. Yeah. I don't know if that'll help. Right. Um, I mean, nobody's got that Von Miller flexibility. There's, there's, there's you know what I mean? Von Miller. Um, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> he he is a big hitter. Oh, yeah. You he know lays I mean? people out. And I'm just looking at his his size and, and all that stuff. You can definitely move him around. You don't have to just keep him on the edge. No, you do not. But my thing is, okay, if I mean, you could try him out at the edge. I mean, you have all the the rookie mini camps, and you have OTAs, and you're mm-hmm. going to um, uh, training camp. Right. See what he does. Mix it up. See where he excels at. Because I mean, if I'm interviewing him, whether I was at the combine or bringing him in before the draft, what have you? Yeah. I would see where his mind is at first mm-hmm. of all. You know, they're going to do that. But I would also say, okay, do you are you just set on playing the edge? Right. Or would you mind if we moved you in? Yeah. You know what I mean. I don't know how well he'll he'll be as a every down like or you know inside guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, moving him around I think would be good for him. Again, especially if he's going to stay at that weight. Oh um, yeah, you know what I mean. Right. But overall, uh, solid player. Solid player. I'd take him late first, early second. I agree. You know. Um, but again, the biggest thing for me with him is I'm questioning his heart. I'm questioning how much does he want it. I'm not. I mean. Hey man, I you hurt my feelings over here. No, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> but I mean, that's your school. That's I, your school, right? You know, but I see where you're coming from, though, because yeah. you know there were certain plays during the season where I'm just like, "What are you doing? Like, right. dude, dude, you, you get him." Yeah. yeah. 
So hit, fill the hole, something. But yeah, I got you. Definitely. All right, let's get into Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs, 5'10, 220. Um, you know, he didn't do anything at the combine, but this dude is, you know, a typical Bama running back. Mm-hmm. Low center of gravity, power guy. You know, he's very patient. This dude can bounce to the outside. You know, and one one thing that I'm looking for, and hopefully my Eagles draft him if he's there at 25, is the fact that this guy's a pass catcher. But on the flip side, this dude, you know, he's just, he's one speed, so he's not an explosive guy, no. you know, but, you know, he is a legit running back if and you need one. he's not crazy fast. Or, no. But he ain't slow. He ain't know. slow. You know, um, you know what it reminds me of? He reminds me of, you know, when we first got Jay Ajay, and we get hit him with that one, we hit him with that one handoff, and this dude gashed... I forget who we're playing for like 80 yards, but he still got caught. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's that type of speed. You know, right. if you get him in the open, he's, he's going he's gonna to get yards. But it's like that one speed type situation. But another comparison I would like to make to Josh Jacobs is the fact that, you know, he exaggerates his 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 jukes and his cuts and things like that. Like, just like Sean McCoy where he carries the ball wide and does all this extra stuff. Right. You can't do that in the league, dude. You just can't because... <laughs> What is LaShawn McCoy, you know, most known for well, in his younger years with the Eagles? This dude's carrying the ball wide and poop, the ball pops out. Mm-hmm. Can't do it. He's got to tighten that up high and tight. Um, and then my last criticism of this guy is that he invites contact, you know, but that's Alabama football. Mm-hmm. That's cool at the collegiate level. Right. But when you get into the pros, nah, fam. Um, you know, <laughs> and the, nobody's saying don't hit the hole, but understand, you know, the fact that if you don't have to take contact, then don't. You know what I right. mean? So, you know, go ahead and bounce and be patient and do what you do, but don't don't overdo it. Don't kill yourself. Right. Well, I mean, that's the thing. He he seems to I don't want to say like disappear, but he gets he gets skinny. He gets small. He does. Getting up through there. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I mean, do, the one person that comes to mind, not necessarily him, but you were talking about taking on that contact, uh, Marion Barber from, yes. from years ago. Yes. I remember watching him, you know, he was playing with Dallas and my dad was like, man, that dude's like, he's a horse, but yeah. he keeps running into these walls, all that. Con- he's, right. He's, he's not going to be in the league very long. No, you're not. And, and he wasn't. So mm-hmm. I, I hope he doesn't turn out to be that way. I hope not. I mean, we're all going in the direction of uh, pass catching backs. Yes. So they're more versatile. Yes. You know, so I mean... Depending depending on where he goes, I mean, I think I think he'd be fine. Yeah, they got him, you know, late first, most mostly. But we'll, like I said, I, I'd like to have him because you know, you know, we got Jordan Howard, but we'll talk about that a little later. <laughs> but you know, I, I'd like to have him as a compliment back, you know, in in Philly. But we'll see what happens. Yeah. So hey, I, there's something I wanted to get into, and maybe depending on how this goes, yeah, yeah. Um, going forward, we can do it. Um, but. Uh, we we did get some feedback, um, all you know between all the different social media sites and right, right, right. and all that stuff. So we did have a, a a question from somebody on on YouTube, right. and he was just saying, "Who do you think the Redskins are going to take?" You know, with the fifteenth overall pick. So I said, "Damn, that's, that's a good question because you know it's yeah. ev- everybody's mock drafts. Like, yeah, y- you hear so many things." Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just looking at it. It's hard to say. I think if they don't get Rosen in a trade, which I think they'd be stupid not to. Um, I heard that again. Too. It's it's not essentially up to them. All they could do is make the offer if Arizona bites, assuming mm-hmm. they're going to take Kyler. Mm-hmm. Um, they can do that. Um, and uh, to me, they're they're going to take a quarterback. Mm-hmm. I, it just it just feels right. Yeah, but I mean, I'm not necessarily too in love with you know really any of the quarterbacks 
you know the uh, field right now in this draft right mm-hmm. so my hope is that they go rosen mm-hmm. and then they go wide receiver mm-hmm. um or tight end right uh i think i think it'd be a little too much of a reach to take a lineman you know what i mean yeah um i mean we did take brandon sheriff a couple years ago mm-hmm. um with the first round draft pick but right. and and i mean he's a pro bowler panned out well i mean he had the injury last year but mm-hmm. Um, position group, I can't nail down an actual name because there's a few guys that I like, but I would say position group wise, I would, I would look for receiver or tight end, um, mm-hmm. if they don't go quarterback, but right. I mean, ultimately I think they'll go quarterback if they don't get Rosen. So shout mm-hmm. out to Adele. Um, he, he yeah. asked us that question on YouTube. Great. So if anybody else has any other questions, I mean, you know, feel free to Hit reach out up. to us. Absolutely. Yeah. Because we would love to, you know, go back and forth. And we were talking about hopefully doing the Facebook live show. Yes. And yes, all that. Yes, yes. So we can interact with people. A hundred percent. Yeah. So, all right. So, um, yeah. Um, as far as you mind, if I talk about the Eagles, since you're talking about draft stuff with the, you know the skins yeah. the skin so yeah let me, right let me just chime it. in a little bit so as far as our our picks and and what we need to do so we have three picks inside of inside of 60 essentially um i've been on every blog and you know 247 sports and nfl.com and all everybody's like yeah well the eagles should take josh jacobs but my whole plan is also based on well what if he's not there i think we should you know focus more on our line at this point um, especially within the first three picks. Um, I think that, you know, obviously Jason Peters is getting old. Got to replace him. We don't have a sure left guard. I mean, Isaac Ciamalo's legit. Um, he's okay. He can hold it down for now. Mm-hmm. But I think we definitely need to have somebody, you know, a solid a solid guy at left guard and, and left tackle because Jason Peters, he's, he's out of there. I'd say within the next year or so. I think he's only one more season and then he's probably going to retire. Yeah. But granted, we do have, you know, Vitae. I do like him a lot. I mean, he was the left tackle for the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. Like, don't get it twisted. He can fill the spot. But I also think that, you know, we need just another lineman within the first three picks. Um, I wouldn't, honestly, if it's not Jacobs or any of those top five running backs and we're sitting at 25 and they're not on the board, I would probably take... um, Everybody's saying corner. Everybody's saying, you know, we should, you know, definitely take a corner because our corners are trapped. No, stop it. Um, we have too many corners. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good problem to have. Um, Darby's coming off an injury. Hopefully he can get back to where he he was. But people have a short memory when it comes to, you know, our secondary. Um, you know, LeBlanc, um, Maddox, they showed up mm-hmm. in the playoffs. Um, Douglas showed up in the playoffs. But a large part of that, too, and, and we've talked before, is right. when your front seven is, is so good dominant and you, you're getting, you and you're do getting pressure. Right. And you're getting pressure. Like I right. said, you and I, well, maybe you, I'm fat, but right. you and I could go out and, and, and play in the secondary. Right. And, 100%. And yeah. our front four aside, we have, you know, Malik Jackson back there, you know, so I mean, right. I mean, down there. So it's, it's, I mean, you really don't have to have like super stud corners. So um, I mean, it's nice if you can get them. It's nice. I mean, it, like I said, it also it also depends on the situation because it's. I mean, in the first round, and you have three picks inside of sixty. You know, you're more than likely going to go best available. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know within the top three picks, you know, we'll see um, what happens if there's a decent linebacker there. We might want to take one of those. But my biggest focus right now is focusing on that line. You know, we got older guys. Even Jason Kelsey, dude's a pro bowler, perennial pro bowler, but he's getting old. We got right. we got to fix our O line. So that's that's my piece on it. Right. Well, that's cool. So let's um, 
you and I were kind of kicking this around. Right. Uh, so we talked a little bit about the draft as far as these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, talked a little bit about our teams. Mm-hmm. So speaking of essentially like the Eagles and is rough rough as it was to see you guys win the Super Bowl and then you guys had some playoff success last year Mm -hmm. Uh, so let's kind of talk about it and and give our thought about what does it take to be a championship contender because you know we see year in and year out you can almost pencil in the Patriots every year to basically to at least get to the AFC championship game Mm -hmm. you you can damn near pencil them in for for the Super Bowl sorry Browns right (laughs) (laughs) but you know historically that's been true and you guys are looking nice but you know it is a patriots well right yeah i mean until somebody really knocks them off right again you're gonna pencil them in so i mean what in your opinion what does it take to get on that level and or stay on that level um there are three things in my opinion that all championship teams have in common a great owner, mm-hmm. a legitimate GM in front office, yep. and then that quarterback. Right. It starts there. Mm-hmm. Um, us with the Eagles, obviously, the Patriots. If you don't have that, I mean, don't get me wrong. There, I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of teams out there that have one with two out of the three or one, even maybe even one out of the three, but it starts there. You got to have that front office. Um, you got to have a legit owner that's good, legit owner that's gonna let that front office do their job, mm-hmm. and then you have to have a quarterback. And I'm not saying you have to have like a stud. I mean, because look at Nick Foles. This dude was a you know he, he I mean he started for us at one point you know in in the 2010s, but he was a backup when he came back and he won us a Super Bowl. So you got to have somebody that's serviceable back there. Right. So that's where it starts for me. Um, and you also and then the la- my last point right now is the fact that you actually last two points. You gotta have a decent O line and a decent defensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, that's 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 very important. You gotta have people that can rush the quarterback, and you also have to have some guys that protect them. And like I said in the last segment, you know our guys are getting old. You know we have Carson Wentz coming back off an of injury. Mm-hmm. Um, he's our guy right now, and we have to protect him. Right. So those are the definite things you have to have, in my opinion, to be a, a legitimate title contender on top of you know the weapons and stuff but it doesn't matter what weapons you have if you can't protect or if you can't pass rush right. so you, you you definitely got to have that to be a championship contender oh for sure yeah so just to to piggyback off of that yeah i've always said it starts at the top yeah it starts with ownership and gms yes. and, and the whole nine because if you look at the teams that are consistent mm-hmm. such you know such as the patriots and i mean hell uh, last year notwithstanding the steelers yeah even you know the Ravens are consistent team, right? Um, I'm drawing a blank on some other ones. <laughs> like, but my point is, yeah, is just that. I mean, the team that you see year in the Saints, the, the Saints, teams, yeah, the, the team that you that see culture. year in and year out, it starts at the top, mm-hmm. and then obviously, I mean, coaching does matter to me. It absolutely matters. Um, everything from philosophy, scheme, you know, all that type of stuff, right? Um, because if you look at the Patriots, and and I think we talked about this even on the first podcast, mm-hmm. you'll see, okay, they don't always have household names, no. but they have guys, and I know Belichick preaches to them, do your job. To, to, I was just to about each, to say that. To each individual person. Yes, sir. If you do your job and they do their job, we're going to win more than we lose, yep. and and it's it's a winning uh, winning formula. It doesn't matter which coordinator they have. You know, Matt Patricia was, was yeah. the guru. Yeah. You know, so they've had all that. He leaves. 
and then they win a Super Bowl again. So it's it's like they never miss a beat. Never. And as much as everybody says, well, you know, the NFL is a copycat league and this, copy what the hell they're doing. Absolutely. You know, and and I think that's the 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 part that frustrates me being a Redskins fan is, mm-hmm. you know, anybody who's followed the team, hell, even people who don't. I mean, the Redskins make headlines, you know, because we're that team that overpays old guys and we do this and we do that. I mean, though we haven't done that in a while, but mm-hmm. it's just it's just the stupid stuff that is done year in and year out. And you just look right up the road to Baltimore mm-hmm. and they're not running the same game. No. You know, um, so, yeah, I mean, well-run organizations, mm-hmm. uh, like I said, uh, great coaching staff, but also, too, from a player standpoint, you got to get people to buy in. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. And yes. there's 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 going to be those people that have their own agenda. You know, hey, I'm here to pad stats. Mm-hmm. I'm collecting this check. I'm mm-hmm. doing enough to not get hurt. Da, 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 what have you. No, you it's a cohesive unit. You right. know what I mean? I mean, I've never been in an NFL locker room. Right. You know, you haven't either. No. So we don't know what it's like. But you listen to some of these players who, you know, former players and, and stuff like that. You know, like um, I've said before, like I listened to Santana Moss. Uh, podcast. Shout out to Santana Moss. Yeah. And Travis Thomas. You there know, you his go. I don't want nobody leaving him out. That's right. But yeah, so it's it and 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 he'll say it all the time. You know, he said when you get guys that's on a different page for whatever reason, it's gonna make it hard. Right. You know, especially when you're not winning. When you're winning, everything's fine. Mm-hmm. But again, um you you look at those those teams that have those great players that, you know, they're picking the next man up. And mm-hmm. that next man's like, well damn they're doing their job. They're doing their job. They're, I'm not going to be caught slipping. Right. You know, so it's that cohesive unit. But, yeah, I mean, up front, you know, like I always call them the big nasties. I mean, you big need them. nasties. I mean, I you like need that. them. You know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, without that, as far as, like I said, on the field type stuff, yeah, without without a dominant front seven mm-hmm. and a, a good offensive line. I mean, you don't have to be great, but you got to you gotta give your quarterback time. time. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, without that, I mean, what do you have? Right. And even going back to our Super Bowl. And it's funny because uh, I remember Malcolm Jenkins saying this in an interview. I'm pretty sure it was on ESPN after the, afterwards. Um, his biggest point was, you know, they were a cohesive unit, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody bought into the culture, into the system. And then, you know, they played that Dreams and Nightmares by Meek Mill and they came out onto the field. <laughs> and, it, and they said as soon as that song came on and they came out on that field... They knew they were going to win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But in the mix of all of this, which they didn't know at the time, or at least in the beginning stages of the Super Bowl, Malcolm Butler was yanked for the Super Bowl. We all know this now, but imagine you're the starting corner for like 98% of the snaps or 98% of the year. Right. And then the whole locker room is like, Malcolm's not starting? Mm-hmm. Imagine what that does to your mental right, right before the Super Bowl. Right. I mean, like I said, it's 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 a lot of mental and it's a lot of, you know, that that cohesiveness as a unit, you know, to to win, especially a Super Bowl. And I think that had a lot to do with our success in the Super Bowl, not taking any way, anything away from Nick Foles or offensive line or our play. It was still a, it was still a very close game. But I think that definitely messed with their heads. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. So, hey, uh. We got to get on out of here. Um, again, I'm Eddie. This is Marcus. Hey, we're the Average Sports Guys. This is the Average Sports Guys podcast. Check us out. Um, social media, all of them. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Yep. Check out our website, AverageSportsGuys.com. And hey, uh, thanks for
for listening and we'll see you guys later. Yeah, yeah.